Now the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. We got more than two or three here today. I know we are a little shallow in attendance, but that's all right. God is still God. God is still here just as much as he would be any other time. So we're going to receive his word today and we're going to enjoy our fellowship, the fellowship and also enjoy, uh, if you'll open up your hearts, he'll, you'll, you'll be able to sense his presence and his spirit uh, just like any other day. Okay. Uh, I would say, first of all, it's a little cold outside. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. It's a little chilly. I say this every year when it gets cold, but you know it's cold. First of all, I was sitting on my back porch yesterday about 1 o'clock, and it was about 70 degrees. I was in shorts and a T-shirt. And I came in and was watching some of the college football games and was waiting. I was going to have to go pick up Erica from the airport last night. She got in about 11 o'clock. She flew out early yesterday morning uh, uh, to, to take Reagan back up to Seattle and exchange uh, with, her, with her dad and fly back down. Uh, so I'm just trying to kill some time yesterday. I actually had a little time to myself. Football games. And I remembered, I said, oh, I was wanting to go undo the hose out on the side of the house and put the, the cover back on the, uh, the faucet because it's supposed to get cold. It didn't get cold. It had already gotten cold, right? So you know it's cold. I always say this. You know it's cold when as soon as you step outside, your shoulders automatically try to touch your ears, right? It's just, whew, it gets cold. And that's how it was. So we, uh, so number one, the Lord kind of reminded me, he said, look, I can change a season just like that. <laughs> so don't, if you're discouraged in your life because of what you're going through, just look, be aware. All it takes is a moment and the Lord can change things. He changed my back porch from 70 degrees to, at the time, I think it was about 30. Uh, and then I got in my car this morning to drive up here and get ready for church, and it was 21, 21 degrees. So it was cold. And I would say, especially for those of you who are here in the neighborhood or close to the neighborhood, 2022 started with a bang, did it not? Anyone else feel that, hear that? Man, it was, uh, I had just gotten to sleep. We, we had our prayer meeting up at Inspiration Park. Those of you who came out and participated, thank you so much. 17 people came together and prayed over not just our fellowship, but the whole community and the, and, the, and the greater community and all the families. What, what an honor to be able to do it. And it was powerful. But I was kind of ramped up from that still. I was thinking in my head, I was like, okay, I need to make sure I get myself back up at 4, because 4 a.m., because we got to get Erica to the airport with Reagan and, and, and whatnot. And so I had just, it took me forever. I'd finally, I'd been asleep maybe 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Boom! And it's, you, know, you ever like wake up, you're startled, and like two seconds in time seems like it takes 20 seconds in time, right? Like you're moving in slow motion. Anyone ever experienced that? You know, I'm like coming up out of the bed thinking, am I, did I just dream this? Am I awake? Was that thunder? What's going on? Did I have a crazy dream? And when I look over to the side, when you got a big German shepherd that was laying by the bed asleep and he's about that high up in the air in the same position, but with his eyes are big, <laughs> Yeah, there's a pretty loud noise. <laughs> you pretty much know there's a loud noise. Uh, at that point, yeah, Erica was like, something blew up. Oh, so I'm not going crazy. That's good, <laughs> you know. Uh, but we thought our house blew up. So we were like checking all over the house thing. And, and uh, uh, but praise God uh, that, that nobody was, it was a, a, what, one of the townhouses that were still being built. So nobody was in it. 
uh, no injuries. Uh, so praise God for that. And uh, I know several hours later when I drove by, they were still, uh, fire department was still out there doing their thing. So, uh, so yeah, this year started with a bang, literally, uh, in our neighborhood. So who knows if that's a harbinger of some fun times ahead, some wild times ahead. Amen. Uh, I want to talk to us today about the consecrated life, the consecrated life. The next few, next few weeks, this is what we're going to talk about, the consecrated life. But going into this year, I believe this is the first thing that God wanted us to sit and kind of dwell on is, is, is consecrating some things. Number one, starting out with consecrating yourself, to consecrate yourself. Someone said, well, what does consecrate mean? We're going to get to that. Hang with me. Bear with me. We're going to get to that. Uh, the, the, we're going to dive into the meaning of consecration. But there is a great need and a command to consecrate yourself. Now, here's the thing. I can't consecrate you. You know, someone said, Pastor, go pray and consecrate this church. I can't. I can't. Consecration is a personal thing. You have to consecrate you. I've, if I'm going to experience consecration, it's going to be because it's something that I do. I consecrate myself. So consecrate yourself. Now, this comes from Joshua chapter 3. We're going to read Joshua chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Now, what I'm going to do today, I'm going to take these two verses and I'm going to unpack them a little bit and try to kind of expand what they can mean to you. That's what I love about the Word of God. There's so many facets and angles you can hit the Word of God. You can, you can find what the literal meaning meant, you know, what it meant within the context of what was being written and what was being said. And then you can eventually find what the Spirit is trying to say to you through this Word today, right? Uh, oftentimes we'll refer to that as a, more of a rhema, or right now Word, okay? Uh, so, so that's what I want us to do today is unpack this and see what the Holy Spirit, what I believe that the Holy Spirit is telling this fellowship uh, how to prepare ourselves for the sake of growth, personal growth. And it comes through consecration, okay? So Joshua chapter 3, starting with verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. So let's just kind of break this down. Let's look at verse 5, okay? Verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For, the word for there basically means because. Right? Everyone say because. Because. <clears throat> Something has taken place. It says, tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. God is constantly doing amazing things. Constantly. He never stops. He's an amazing God. He's doing them today. He's doing them tomorrow. And because God is doing amazing things, Joshua instructs, Consecrate yourselves. Now, this is important for us to understand kind of the breakdown of the, the, the sentence structure. He's not saying consecrate yourselves so that God will do amazing things among you tomorrow. 
he's saying, because God is doing amazing things, that's a foregone knowledge. God's about to do something phenomenal tomorrow. And because of it, consecrate yourself. So what that lets me know, and again, here in a second, we'll, we'll kind of define what consecration is. But that lets me know that God doing amazing things around me is not predicated on whether or not I consecrate myself. He's doing amazing things, period. That's just who he is. But because he's doing them, I need to consecrate myself. Okay? So there is a need for me to consecrate myself. Why? So that I can get God to do something for No. God's doing things. <laughs> but I need to do this because he's already doing that. And he's going to do that. Okay? We following? So let's look at the word consecrate. Consecrate on, on the surface, the general term for consecrate means to set aside for a holy purpose. And there's lots of ways to consecrate things in your life. To set things aside for the sake of a purpose. Do you realize your tithe, if you pay tithes, you are consecrating part of your finances. You are setting your tithe aside. You'll set your offering aside and say, Lord, I'm returning this back to you for you to do whatever you need to for your work, for your people to utilize for the furthering of your work and for, for, the, for the furthering of your kingdom, okay? That would be a form of consecrating. Uh, if those of you who already have maybe a practice of when you wake up, you have a devotional time. You say, oh, look, I'm going to take the first 30 minutes. I'm going to get my cup of coffee. I'm going to sit down with the Word of God or a, with a devotional, and I'm going to spend 30 minutes with me and God. Well, you have set that time aside or consecrated that time to be a time of holiness between you and God, right? So, so those are simple ways. There are also other ways. Ryan, was, he was already preaching my sermon at the top of the, the service. He was talking about gratitude, to look back at 2021, think of things that didn't go our way, and yet be thankful in all things. So give God thanks for that. And then think about all the wonderful things he did, and give God thanks for that. Gratitude is a wonderful way I've taken time to consecrate. This last year, and, and I've talked about it before, but this last year, December 31st, I, d I finished a whole year, and God's never had me do this before, but he, but he had me, every day I would, I would, he would have me stop and, and list 10 things that I was grateful for that he's done for me. Every single day. Now, he had me start on New Year's Eve of 2020, and so, so actually I wound up finishing with 10 more than, than a whole year. So I, when I finished, I had 3,660 reasons to say thank you to the Lord. As of December 31st, just the other night, I, I finished my, my last list of 10. 3,660 reasons to give him praise. As the year progressed, you know what I found, what I learned about myself, I actually began to thank him for some of the difficulties I was going through. When there, when there had been a difficulty that day, I thanked him for it because I learned something or I knew I would evolve from it. And so I began to learn to give him praise in all things. Well, that was a form of, of consecration. The other thing that he taught me, which was really interesting, when I finished on December 31st, I asked him, I said, do you, 
you're going to tell me why you had me do this exercise? And he said, yes. He said, is there any reason why you could say that 2021 was a bad year? Well, no, I can't. If I had 3,660 3, reasons to give him praise, that's, that's a pretty good year. And I knew that that wasn't an exhaustive list. That was just my little finite 10 reasons a day. And he said, that's right. He said, David, I am always blessing you. I am always taking care of you. I am always moving. From here on out, David Butler can never label a year bad. Even when difficulties, you know, we, my family went through some really difficult things this past year. But even with that, what a blessed year. I was able to learn that because I consecrated, I set some things aside, to, some time aside to thank him during the day, right? So that's, a, that's another way to consecrate. Next week, we're going to talk about another way of consecration. But, but in general, that's the definition. If you're going to break down the word consecrate, uh, we go back to the Latin. We've, all, we've talked about it before. Con means with, correct? We see it in all the Latin speaking stuff. You hear me blurted out all the time. Chili con carne, right? Huevos con chorizo. Man, I'm getting hungry. Eggs with chorizo sausage. Uh, would it be pescada con papas fritas? Did I say it right? Fish. That's, that's, for, that's actually for Paul and Lynn. That's fish and chips. If you're going to order that down in Mexico, you'd, I'm assuming. Did I say that right? Is it pescado? Pescada? Da or do? Do. Okay. Thank, thank you, Anna. <laughs> so, with, con. So, consecrate. With, secrete. Or, secrate would be the Latin, which actually means sacred. It's where we get the word sacred. So, if you're going to consecrate your life, it means that you're going to live with sacredness. Right? So, we can consecrate the first 30 minutes of the day, or we can consecrate a tenth of our finances, or we could consecrate our drive to work. But we're talking about the consecrated life to live with sacredness. When you, when you actually go back to the root word for sacred, it actually goes all the way back and means that which is purified with divinity. Now, notice I capitalized with, because that jumped out of the page on, on me when I was studying, to be purified not by divinity. Now, we are purified and washed with the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb. But all the things in our life, if we're going to live a consecrated life, that means that we are going to live, we're going to live with a, with a concept that we invite God in. And the fact that we've brought him into a relationship or a job or a project or our finances or our entertainment or our diets or whatever it is that we want to bring him in, all of a sudden it becomes consecrated or we're doing it with sacredness. We are actually purifying it with God, not just by God, but with he wants to do it with us. He wants to do this dance with you as the partner. 
Okay? It's the same concept as we could walk in and look at these windows in the back here and come in and say, man, those windows are grimy. They got fingerprints and smears all over them and all this other stuff. And I can say, yeah, you're right. We'll take care of that. Well, then the next week, y'all come in and say, woo, look how clean and fresh those windows look. And, uh, oh, man, we're not about to blow up here either. So, all right. Uh, but but I could, you come back the next week and say, man, look how clean those windows are. Well, I could say one of, I could say it multiple ways, right? I could say, oh, yeah, I cleaned the windows, right? Or I could say, well... Boy, that, that Windex really cleaned the windows up. Good, didn't it? But really, the, the real thing that I could say, the truth of it is, I could say, well, yeah, I, I cleaned them with Windex. In other words, I had a part in it, and Windex had a part in it, right? And between my part and Windex's part, there was a cleaning and a purifying that took place. That's how God has designed consecration. That when you bring him into your life, it's not a matter of, okay, God, I've prayed, so I'm going to step back and you just do everything for me. No, when, when God let the manna fall from heaven, it didn't fall into their mouth, right? It fell outside of their tent. He provided, they still had to get up and go outside the tent <laughs> and collect it, Right? They had a part, he had a part, and it became a very sacred moment because he provided for them right in the middle of a desert place. And that's what consecration is. So if you're going to consecrate your drive time to work or consecrate, maybe you're on, on the job and you're able to maybe listen to, to music or preaching or the word or whatever, whatever it is that you're consecrating, you're bringing God in and understanding as I work, as I live my life, as I even do some of the most mundane things in life, the laundry, the yard, cleaning the house, taking the kids to soccer practice, whatever, whatever it may be, even the most mundane things can become sacred because you invite him to come be a part of it and you acknowledge him in all your ways so that he can direct your path. But now he's doing life with you. He, and it becomes pure. And by pure, it means that all hidden agendas are removed. There's no form of manipulation. All of a sudden, it allows you to just appreciate the right now. You appreciate what's in front of you. Even if it's not perfect, it's perfectly imperfect. It becomes, you know, this is just the way it is, Lord, and I'm going to embrace life right now because you're here with me. You've removed all agendas. I'm able to look at things purely now. I can see clearly. And this is a sacred moment. Now, every encounter that you have becomes a sacred encounter. Every time you meet somebody, every time you have an exchange with the person, the teller or the, 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 the person working the register at the gas station, or every time you, you, have an exchange at the, the water cooler at work. Whatever it may be, you realize that nothing happens by chance. Nothing happens without a reason. And you have brought God into it, purified things with him, so that now you can see clearly you have done it with sacredness or you have consecrated 
your life. And now you are open to be able to see all the incredible, amazing things God's doing around you. Even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of disappointment and frustration and anger and everything else, you'll be able to see, yeah, this isn't going the way I wanted it to, but look at what God's doing all around. Look at the provision. Look at the way out. This didn't happen the way I expected, but man, I would have never have seen this had I not invited God just to walk with me in this. That's the essence and, and ground zero of consecration, right? So, with that, let's look back at Joshua 3 and 5. We're going to read from the PDV version. Do you all have that on your app? The PDV version? That's the Pastor Dave version, by the way, right? Now, everyone relax. I'm not rewriting the Word of God. I'm just, I merely put in written form what I would have spoken out to you anyway, just so you can get it, right? So, you're going to hear it and see it. So, with that in mind, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit is using this scripture to say to us. Joshua instructed his peeps, because in the Pastor Dave version, Joshua's like really hip, right? Joshua instructed his peeps, consciously be aware of your co-working with God and all you do. This will open your eyes to see and align you to receive the amazing things he will be doing for you tomorrow. You feeling me? That's a, that's... It's another way of saying amen, right? Think about that. When you consciously bring God in to every aspect of your life, it purifies your outlook enough to where everything becomes sacred. Even if you're getting chewed out by the boss, you don't even have to respond out of anger because you go, Lord, I'm going to grow from this. And I'm going, what do you want me to learn from this, Right? What do you want me to learn? My wife and I were asking ourselves that at 2.30 in the morning this morning when we were heading over to help her mom. We said, Lord, what are you trying to teach us from this? We're running on three hours sleep in the last 48 hours. What are you teaching us? In other words, it became a sacred moment rather than a negative moment. And there's already, there's some things that I saw God do right there at 2.30 in the morning. I saw God move because we chose to bring him into that situation. And it allows us to align ourselves to where we can see. God's doing great things anyway, whether you want to look at it or not. It's just that when you consecrate yourself or you bring, you do it with sacredness, you do life with God, now you have the ability to see all these amazing things. And you can walk victoriously. Now let's, let's hop back over to the NIV, Joshua 3.6. We read this earlier. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Now the Ark of the Covenant, most of you all know it was a, it was a box uh, laid with gold. On top of the box sat uh, two angels, two golden angels, uh, whose wings were facing each other. There was a little platform in between those angels called the mercy seat. Once a year, the priest would take the blood of the sacrifice, go back into the Holy of Holies, pour the blood onto the mercy seat. The Shekinah glory would come down, lap up the blood and, and roll or remit the sins of the people for the next year. Okay. Now there was more to the Ark of the Covenant than that. There were actually some items placed into the Ark of the Covenant. All right. And the Ark of the Covenant represented 
the presence and spirit of God on the earth back in the Old Testament. Okay, it, that's why sometimes they would take it before them in battle. You know, they wanted God to go before them in battle, so they'd march the Ark of the Covenant out in front of them, right? Now, if you go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 4, it tells you what was actually in the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, Paul writes, this Ark contained, there were three items, the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had been budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. So Joshua had told them, take this ark, take the box that has these three items in it, and march in front of the people. Now I've told the people to consecrate themselves, to start doing life with sacredness, with God, so that they can see all the amazing things he's about to do. But priesthood, I want you to take this ark containing these three things out in front of the people to lead the way. So the people, as they were crossing, they, what they were doing, they were about to cross into the promised land. So before they were going to cross over into the promised land, they had this box containing these three things leading the way, right? Now let's talk about these three things. There were three things. The stone tablets of the covenant. What does that apply to with us? In other words, the stone tablets that, that were, where Moses carved the law of God into the stone tablets that God gave him, the law of God, the written word of God. Those tablets were in there. In other words, what that applies to us, how it applies to us, is it's symbolic of God's written contract with us. The covenant that he made with Abraham that we are grafted into because of our faith in Christ Jesus that grafts us into that same covenant he made with Abraham. He has written his word as a contract. So the word of God, which I'm thrilled because a lot of you guys have, have uh, joined with me to pledge to read through the word of God in a year. If you haven't done so, I encourage you. Download the Bible app. There's lots of other uh, areas you can find a one-year Bible. I encourage you, read through the Bible this year in a year. Uh, uh, just so that you can, it's data input. So that when you start diving deep into study, your brain and the Holy Spirit has something that it can go back into your brain and, you know, oh yeah, that's in this file. That's in that file, okay? Uh, so, so I encourage you, you're only two days into it. You can catch up really quick at this point. But God's written contract... 7,000 promises he's made to us. Over 7,000 promises. How can you know what those promises are if you don't read it, right? <laughs> so read the Word of God. But that's one of the things that was in the Ark of the Covenant. It's symbolic of going before us is going to be God's written Word. His Word is always going to lead us, right? The golden jar of manna. What was manna? It was provision out in the desert. That's, that's symbolic of God's divine provision. I don't know what 2022 is going to hold for you. But I do know this, God's already got provision for you through all the blessings, through all the challenges. I'm not even going to call them bad times because all things work for good for those who love the Lord. So even what we would want to label bad is still going to work for good in your life somehow or another. So the challenging times, the times that God says, hey, it's time to exercise some faith. Are you going to trust me or are you going to trust your eyes? Well, I'm going to trust you. Oh, good, because I already got provision for you in this time of need, right? That's what the golden jar of manna uh, symbolizes. And then Aaron's sprouting staff. Anyone remember the story of Aaron's sprouting staff? Basically, uh, if you go back to Numbers, I believe, chapter 6, in the book of Numbers, uh, it documents the rebellion of Korah 
Moses and Aaron are leading the people out in the desert. People are getting disgruntled. And so they bring Korah, this great Jewish leader, and say, look, there's about 200 people that joined together and said, we think Korah is really who should be leading us. We think he's God's chosen. Moses says, oh, man. Well, all right, let's see. Lord, whoever you reject as, as, as a leader, open up the earth and swallow them up. <laughs> the Lord swallowed up Korah and all 200, 250 people right there in front of everybody. And then for safe measures, Moses turned around and said, I want everyone, I want every tribe of Israel to pick your leader and give me his staff, basically a shepherd's staff, just a big old long stick. I want you to give it to me and we're going to carve his name in it. And then for the tribe of Levi, there was Aaron who was already serving, starting to serve as priest, being trained for priest. And he wrote Aaron's name. And he took all those staffs, those 12 staffs, and he put them in the tent of meeting, what was called the tent of meeting. It's where Moses would go meet with God. And the Ark of the Covenant at that time was stashed in there. And the next morning, God said, I want you to go back, Moses, and look at those staffs, and you'll know who I have chosen for the, like, so the people will know for sure who I have called to lead them spiritually as priest. And so they went in, and Aaron's staff had blossomed almonds. It was a dead piece of wood, and it had blossomed almond buds. Now, what's awesome about that, number one, when he came out and said, look at Aaron's staff, everyone was amazed. And they said, yep, okay, that's who God picked. That's a dead piece of wood, and yet God made life sprout from a dead piece of wood, right? Uh, but it was almonds. What's interesting about that, the Hebrew word for almonds is shakade. Shakade, and it actually means in Hebrew, God's unwavering patience. So not only was God saying, I have called Aaron for, for this task, but I have unwavering patience for him. So even if he's not doing it the way y'all think he should do it, even if he's not getting it right as quick as y'all want him to get it right, it doesn't waver my patience. I have called him because that's what I have chosen. So let everybody else rage. He is my man for this hour. Now that's a powerful endorsement. So for the symbolism of Aaron's blooming rod is this. God has called you and he has saved you with his blood he has forgiven your sins. I don't care what your history is. I don't care how many skeletons you think you have in a closet. You have to understand by the time God's blood, the blood of Jesus washes your life, you go back to that closet, it's empty because he doesn't remember it. He's forgiven and forgotten your sins. So if God has called you, he qualifies you. So it doesn't matter what the critics of your life want to say you can move forward with the assurance of his calling. Say, I don't know. I don't think I'm all that qualified. I actually had someone recently uh, uh, ask me, sit across my desk and ask me. They were, they were frustrated with me about some stuff. And they asked me, they said, do you, do you really feel qualified to be a pastor? And you know what my response was? No. <laughs> no, I don't feel qualified to be a pastor. You know, if you ask my opinion, I think there are men and women in this neighborhood who are far more qualified to lead God's people and lead a flock than me. God has a different opinion. 
You know, God didn't ask my opinion about this. He's the one that told me to do this. All I'm doing is being obedient. And any qualification I have comes from him. Any skill I have comes from him. He is my all in all. And sometimes that can get tricky because walking with the Lord, you feel it, you, you don't feel sufficient. And that's the point. You're not sufficient. I'm not sufficient. Oh, but he is all sufficient. So, so the mere fact that the body of Christ can be effective in any way is a miracle of God and God alone. Amen? Because we're a bunch of insufficient people. <laughs> but his spirit is sufficient. So heading before, think of the symbolism of this. He tells everyone, start living your life with sacredness. Invite God into every part of your life. So that you can see and open your eyes and be receptive to all the amazing things he's doing. And don't you worry about a thing. Because going before you is my word, my provision, and my assurance that I have called you for a divine purpose. Man, that ought to give us some confidence going into this year. So let's go back to the PDV version. Pastor Dave version. If we're going to unfold, unpack this I believe this is what the Spirit is telling us today. Joshua instructed his peeps, consciously be aware of your co-working with God and all you do. This will open your eyes to see and align you to receive the amazing things he will be doing for you tomorrow. You feeling me? I am Joshua. Amen. I'll amen you, Joshua. Amen. Verse 6, leading your way, you will always have the 7,000 written promises he has guaranteed in his word you will have his divine provision for every need and you will have his assurance of the calling he has on your life. Man, what a wonderful insurance policy. Let's all stand. So welcome to 2022. I challenge everyone to start living it. Live this year consecrated to God with sacredness, with the knowledge that inviting him in, he will purify everything with him. He wants to do it with you. He wants to be an active participant with you. Doesn't mean that you mail it in and take a back seat, but he wants to do this dance with you. And by doing that, you're going to open your eyes to see all the amazing stuff he is doing in your life, all around you this year, every day, and going before you, you can be assured that his written word, all of his promises are true. You can let that lead you in your faith journey. You can also have faith in knowing that everything you need, he's already got waiting for you. And you can just be assured that you really are a child of God, that he really has called you. That you do have, a, uh, you've made your salvation an election sure, as the word of God says. What a great year we got in store for us. Amen? Amen. So I'm anxious to see what God has. Let's all pray, and we're going to worship God one more time. If you need prayer for anything, I'll stand over to the side. You can come over, and I'll, I'd be honored to pray with you. Father, I love you, and I thank you for your word. Lord, help us to live a consecrated life, one of sacredness, one of holiness, one of seeking you in everything, acknowledging you in all of our ways so that our faith can grow, grow our faith, grow our love one for each other so that folks can know that we truly belong to you. Uh, expand us, expand our knowledge in you, and in doing so, 
Help us meet folks that need to know about your saving knowledge so that we can lead them to you, Jesus. And so that we can grow, not just as people, not just as believers, but also even grow as a family in numbers, Lord. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing one more time together as a family.